Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. Join us on our journey into the past, the present, and the future as we explore the relationship between technology and humanity. Together, we are going to find out what it means to live in a society where everything is connected and the only constant is change. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. All right. This is Sean Martin, Editor-in-Chief for ITSP Magazine. You're very welcome to a new Redefining Security podcast. And today we're going to be looking at some proposed, uh, not necessarily the detailed changes of what's coming with PCI uh, DSS version 4, but what that might mean in terms of uh, preparing for it and, and what we might hope to get from it with some of the changes that, that might be coming. And uh, I'm thrilled to have uh, somebody we've had on the show before, Mitch Parker. He's the Chief Information Security Officer at Indiana University Health. Mitch, good to have you on again. Good to see you, man. Likewise, good to see you as well. All right, so let's let's take a quick moment. Uh, for those who didn't hear our, our previous uh, conversations, they may not know who you are. So a little, little bit about yourself, your role at uh, IUH. So a little bit of background. I've been at IU Health approximately a little bit over four years. I've been a healthcare information security officer for 12 years, and I have a background in applying HIPAA doing a lot of work with medical devices and also working with PCI in a pretty large environment to, and working to integrate everything together because again, it's a big healthcare is a big challenge these days. And PCI is one more item that makes it just a little bit more complicated. It's one of those things. And I may be, cause I'm not in the thick of it. Like you are. It's one of those things where there's a lot of noise around privacy and GDPR and CCPA and, and other, other regs like that. And certainly HIPAA remains top of mind as well, certainly in the healthcare environment. PCI seems to be one that kind of falls off to the side, but we still have to meet those standards, right? Absolutely. Um, it doesn't matter how big or how small you are. You need to make sure that you protect those credit cards coming through your environment. And the, uh, and the, the information connected to it as well. In terms of the other PII, right? Oh, ab- absolutely. And that's some, a mission we take very seriously because that's our patients using credit cards to pay co-pays for their appointments or pay for services rendered. And we really take that incredibly seriously, not just the 
quote unquote buzzwords because ultimately that's our reputation of the line if we don't. So let's let's dig into PCI version four. I think my understanding is that that they're working toward a new release sometime mid twenty twenty one. It's in review uh, and feedback is being uh, accepted by the council. So I don't know how involved you've been in reviewing some of that stuff, providing feedback. And obviously, until something's baked, it's hard to tell what it's going to taste like, right? Absolutely. So we are members of the PCI Standards Council. I have seen several revisions of the draft 4.0 standard. And yes, we did make multiple comments on the draft PCI 4.0 standard. So what I want to know, uh, Mitch, is... Maybe without getting into some of the details, and if there are some of those elements we can we can touch on as we move on, that's great. But there's always a question of balancing meeting the letter of the law for compliance versus meeting the intent of the the standards with respect to increasing the posture, reducing exposure, those types of things. So are there things coming that would help organizations actually step up their game? with respect to risk management versus just meeting uh, the letter of the compliance law? I think the big thing that is coming is the reviewing of audit logs, because ultimately where we're going with credit cards right now is a very interesting place. Apple, Bank of America, and a couple of the other major banks released virtual credit cards. So we look at that as even if you store a credit card, that's not the real thing. And it's a credit card that can change over time. So your emphasis on trying to find fraudulent activity doesn't hinge as much on the card number itself anymore as much as it does the activity that takes place. Also, with the emphasis on storing credit cards in online secure wallets, when you have the combination of a virtual credit card and an online secure wallet, you now realize that your ability to detect fraud now really resides in understanding transactions and understanding how those transactions piece together with other activity in the environment. So what we're looking for out of 4.0 is more of a holistic view of the environment and not treating the cardholder environment as something completely separate, but something that has to interchange with other environments to be able to provide a more accurate picture as to what is going on with potential for fraud. Yeah. And so that environment that you're describing, does it, do those additional layers make it more difficult to get your head wrapped around it? Um, when, when you have somebody like an Apple or a Google wallet sitting in there, does that, does that change how you define your risk profile and how you implement controls, things like that? It does change it a little bit. And again, it's new methods, new processes, and that's something we have to get used to. Before, credit cards used to be something that were managed in a silo. Your treasury department usually managed the devices. IT was kind of kept out of the loop. When you had PCI DSS3 come in, you started to see more of an integration with the standard IT and InfoSec departments. And I think with 4.0, you're starting to see more of a shift towards organizational risk, not just IT and treasury being like seventh graders at a school dance. 
as the best way I can put it, you've got to work together because again, ultimately what you're looking for is where is the risk? How can you more easily detect where issues happen and how do you ensure you continue to protect those devices? And there's also a lot more we have to do with operational management of these devices to make sure that collect the cards to make sure that we keep them in good working order because credit card devices used to be relatively uncomplicated devices a few years ago. When you throw P2PE in the mix, you literally turn these things into little computers that if I were to throw a monitor and keyboard on them, I could run a Linux desktop from 15 years ago. That's how much computing power they have. (laughs) So we have to balance a lot of items in there. And again, 4.0, we think, is going to provide that more holistic view of looking at the total risk of the environment, not just the CHE, cardholder environment. So I'm also curious, you're talking about devices here, which um, the first thing I think of is a ton of legacy (laughs) stuff floating around that that may be challenging to manage. Um, how, How do you deal with that? And does PCI drive you to do anything different with some of those devices or, and perhaps even some of the newer ones that, that may I'll, be I'll be very clear about this. Every time PCI puts out a new, puts out a new revision or standard, there's inevitably the large rush to purchase a significant number of devices that will be compliant with the new standard. Because what we found is that even when you're dealing with the major merchant banks, many of the devices that you had that worked with a previous PCI version don't always get the update to the new PCI version. Mm. So inevitably you go up a major PCI version or even a minor bump to something like 3.2. I'm on the phone with the treasurer basically saying, okay, where am I going to find the six figures I need to buy all new credit card machines for all of our practices? Yeah, and that, that's something obviously uh, you, you don't want to do without. <laughs> Absol- absolutely. Collect, collecting money is important. Collecting money is very important. And so is also the report that we give to our board every time there's a board meeting that says, this is how many PCI devices we have. This is our compliance status. Because if that number is less than 100%, we start getting questions and we don't want questions. Right. So at the at the board level then, um, let's touch a little bit on the, the culture of uh, preparing for impact, <laughs> if you will. Uh, how how early on does the board get involved in recognition that the new standard is coming for, and your executive peers at the C-level went to some of those conversations? So you, you begin to prepare and plan and budget for. As soon as we find out there's going to be a new standard, we start talking about it. Yeah. And with us, with 4.0, what we did is we took a look at the draft 4.0 standard and we said, okay, this is what's coming. Let's take some of the language out of here, and also let's take some of the lessons learned that we learned from some of the cryptocurrency attacks and bake that in as well. Because one area we found that PCI was kind of lacking in was, again, it goes back to that emphasis on the cardholder environment versus the holistic overall picture of the network. And as we just saw a couple days ago, the attacks where somebody social engineered GoDaddy to say, hey, point these major cryptocurrency exchanges over to me instead. 
that was a major concern because we looked in the standards and said, okay, uh, does PCI have anything about DNS hijacking or BGP hijacking? Because you can have security all the live long day. However, if somebody can get in there, do a BGP or DNS hijack and put in false SSL certificates that a certain revision of a device might not be good at CR certificate revocation list checking on, you've got yourself a case where you could be literally sending your credit card transactions off to the great beyond or more than likely a scammer's bank accounts. Mm-hmm. We consider that to be a major threat. So we put our own language in because we didn't know what 4.0 was going to have. But at the same time, I got to have something that says, okay, we have an issue here and I've got to make sure people know about it. And I will tell you first people I told were our finance executives. I said, yeah, we did some work here. We found some shortcomings in PCI and we've addressed them. And this is what we're requiring of people that process credit cards for us now, because we have to, because again, ultimately for us, if I were to go to our finance leadership and say, I'm going to do something that could potentially put a patient's credit card at risk. The first word out of their mouth is going to be no. Hmm. Wouldn't even get to the, wouldn't even have to get to the board. And if it did, it would get to the, (laughs) it would be, it would be that, yeah, we fired the CISO because he wanted to do something that put our patients at risk. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good luck with that. (laughs) Exactly. So so tell me, Mitch, because what you're describing is a a Delta between, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming a little bit here that, that the standard can take things so far. Correct. And, hopefully give you and your staff and your peers a mindset of good risk management practices. And then something like the GoDaddy thing comes and which is very specific. How, how do how do you and how would you suggest other CISOs tackle that problem where if they're really invested in the standard and using that as the way to establish a culture and a mindset and putting controls and monitoring and everything, but maybe not, didn't see the, the GoDaddy thing, right? I, I guess, how, how do they find the way to take the standard and wrap it broader to pick up the GoDaddy stuff if they hadn't, weren't made aware of it some for some reason? Well, I publish everything on the internet. So, <laughs> so I've got it up on the IU Health Vendor Relations site and I put it up there, not just for myself, but also for anyone else that wants to go download it. And I did it because again, we are nothing if we don't share information and I have no problem sharing information because again, people got sidelined when a few years ago, when people started making comments about, oh, blockchain can solve everything. And we had to be the ones that sit there and say, it's not a panacea. Here's all the issues we discovered. Here's where you can find what we discovered. So PCI is the same thing. A lot of organizations, InfoSec departments are not that familiar with PCI yet. There's many that are, but there's also a good many that just got the phone call from Treasury saying, we need your help because the banks contacted us. We're not PCI compliant. We want people to be able to get up there very, very quickly. Even though there's a lot of really great firms out there that do work in the PCI DSS space, a lot of times you're dealing with companies that don't have the money for PCI. And forgive me for not knowing, and I think there are, what, 12, 12 modules or something, um, the, the, the response piece. Is there a piece to, to deal with something bad happening? 
because um, I know a lot of times it, it, we focus on well, what controls can we put in place, what policies can we implement, and what systems can we uh, stand up to help mitigate some of the risk and don't focus on some of the after effects of when something bad happens. Is there anything in, in V4 that helps prepare for some of those inevitabilities as well? I didn't see anything to prepare for those inevitabilities. And I will tell you my recommendation to every organization is the same exact thing, which is talk to your legal counsel. If you don't have legal counsel, find outside counsel and speak to them that and find people also talk with your insurance company about how you're going to handle this type of incident. We can't be universal in how we talk about PCI DSS data breaches, nor would we want to be or be in a position to give advice to anyone. This is one of those things where we literally say, talk to your lawyer, talk to your insurance company. Yeah. And you, you mentioned you share information with uh, your peers in the industry. Um, is that right? That's Absolutely, yeah. yes. And I presume you also uh, receive shared information from others. Um, do you do that through an ISAC or and or some other methods? Yes. Right now, we are members of both Healthcare ISAC and Red ISAC, and we use we leverage both of those very well. And we are also subscribe to a few threat intel services and also maintain excellent relationships with a number of security researchers in the industry. Very cool. Uh, another thing I'm interested in, Mitch, is the operationalizing or putting some program management around this project, if you will. Um, clearly, you you carry a lot on your shoulders, but you're not doing it all with your own hands. <laughs> right. So how, how do you approach... Um, getting a person allocated or dedicated and or a team uh, focused on this? And how does that compare to other projects and the, just the overall running of, of the InfoSec program? So the truth is, is that PCI and our organization is not, an info, is not just an InfoSec project. It's a collaboration between InfoSec and finance. And we're very lucky to have- Who leads that then? Is it a finance-driven? It's actually driven by Info. It's driven by InfoSec, and the program manager for PCI sits on the InfoSec team. Got it. And then dotted line uh, matrix management to finance and, and others, perhaps? Is line of business involved as well? Line, line of business is directly involved. We have resources from our revenue cycle and treasury teams. We regularly meet. We regularly address issues and we'll also pull in other teams as needed. But the core team's been together about three years and it is InfoSec, Revenue Cycle, and Treasury. And it's actually pretty, that's actually a very common arrangement in healthcare yeah. to have those three teams talking. And I know uh, maybe as, as we wrap up here, Mitch, I appreciate your time. I'm wondering how there's not, not a single regulation, not a single standard and not a single framework <laughs> that will solve everything. So what do you combine with wrap PCI with to, to kind of broaden out the, the view beyond just the credit card info? So I use a combination of HIPAA and NIST because again, we're supposed to follow HIPAA and healthcare, but NIST, we found is a very good framework that, again, 
DOD ditched several of their own proprietary frameworks to use the NIST one. So that's good enough for us. I mean, that's the, if that tells you anything, DOD spent years invested in their own frameworks and decided, hey, uh, we're going to use this one instead. So we look at that as being of great benefit to us that they're doing. And NIST, we also found translates very well because it's based upon more of the operational actions you need to take. And that translates very well to PCI. It translates to HIPAA. It translates to other frameworks because at this at the base, they're all the same core. And we just found that that is a better core that allows us to translate and speak to others about more fluently. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious, the, do you find that some of the items compete or do you find that just the combination of those continue to uh, bolster the, uh, the program? In other words, do they build, each, uh, build on each other to increase the posture? Or do you find that there's some competing things where, well, if we don't have to do it here, maybe we can <laughs> skip it here. Well, we're in a position of if we do it, we've got to do it the right way. And ultimately, we look at it through the lens of our mission and values. And part of that means that we're not going to skimp on something because something says we can. If we've got two things that compete, we look to see how we can build them better together. Because again, ultimately... We don't ever want to be in a position, and this is, again, I'm going to give our treasurer great credit for this. You don't ever want to be in a position where you're sitting in front of a board and you're saying that you skimped on something. Hmm. Because the second you say that, you're done. And pretty much in an industry like healthcare where everyone knows everyone, you're really done. done. (laughs) So it's like... So we look at it as you don't ever want to be in a position where you don't live up to your values and you want to make sure you don't skimp and you always want to keep the patient in mind, which is what we do. When we think about a new PCI solution, we think about the mother coming into Riley Hospital for children with this, for an outpatient appointment who drove two hours, who's got two kids that are, well, have spent two hours in the car and another couple hours waiting to see a doctor. And obviously not everyone's going to be in the best of conditions. And she's just trying to pay with her credit card. You want to make sure that experience is as seamless as possible so that you give that mother one less thing to worry about in an otherwise very stressful day. So always keep the patient experience in mind. Yeah. yeah that, that experience is, is critical. One, one final question. I keep saying this. If, uh, if my uh, co-founder Marco is on. He'd be hitting me with a stick. I'm gonna, <laughs> he's not here to do that. So one more question, because and it relates back to the standards and frameworks. And again, in the spirit of preparing for V4 PCI DSS, how does the team fold that stuff into? Does it change the way you manage your NIST implementation and your? Does it affect how you? manage your HIPAA controls and and policies and maybe even third-party relationships as as, as BAA relationships go? Well, big thing that happens with us is that we require all of our vendors that 
provide us with an AOC to be compliant within one calendar year of issuance of the new standard to be compliant with new, to be fully compliant with the new version. And so it's a lot of work for us and more in the third party risk component. And also with the aforementioned devices, because again, biggest problem we've had with devices out there has been that when you go between major versions of PCI, they don't, they're not always compatible with the new versions. So the second 4.0 comes out, I'm literally going to have to call up our treasurer going to go, okay, this is probably going to happen because the device manufacturers have done it to us again. I'm probably going to need another quarter million dollars because I ended up having the surprise a couple of years ago when somebody decided, hey, we're not going to put firmware on our devices. And the next thing you know, either I pony up that money or I have non-compliant devices. And that's a major concern for me because I don't want to be in a position where I'm presenting a patient or their family with a device that I know does not meet the latest and greatest security standards. Yeah, that, that seems like a shame to me that that's the position you're in <laughs> when that happens. There, there, there has to be a better way to deal with that. But, uh, that's our industry, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> we, get to, we get to deal with the legacy stuff. Listen, Mitch, it's, uh, it's a pleasure chatting with you, man, and uh, appreciate your insight here. Um, how you run run your, your organization, how you work with your, your team, your peers, and uh, a sneak peek into how you're preparing for PCI v, PCS v4. Thanks, man. Thank you. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.